And when I started creating something for my own personal use and had kind of the core of my formula, it was such a beautiful experience. It was, I couldn't wait to put it on. I couldn't wait to get out of the shower and put on this deodorant, smell it, the texture. And that was kind of my aha moment where I said, well, everybody should have this experience because when you think about it, we start using deodorant at 11 years old, 12 years old, and we use it our entire life every single day putting it on the most personal areas of our body, especially as women, it's something that we really should be thinking about and not just eeny, meeny, miny, mowing, picking off, you know, randomly picking off a drugstore shelf. It's something that we should think about, care about, and it should be of quality, healthy, safe ingredients, but it should also be a beautiful experience. Hey guys, I'm Izzy Sapien, a seasoned brand builder in the most elusive and mysterious industry on earth, the glamorous beauty industry. And I'm on a mission to make beauty a better place, starting with this podcast. I've worked in the marketing departments of several major beauty brands and helped build a number of emerging brands from zero to millions. Each week, I'll break down the details of some of beauty's most notorious and untold scandals of today, along with my own personal experiences. But most importantly, my whole reason for doing this podcast is to highlight the beauty and wellness brands, influencers, and trailblazers who are doing it right and deserve a piece of the spotlight. Not to be mistaken for a cancel culture reboot, this well-intentioned tell-all aims to create a space for growth in beauty. I hope you'll join me every week for honest and stripped down conversations. After all, it's growth that's a thing of beauty. Hey guys, welcome back to A Thing of Beauty. If this is your first episode that you're listening here today, first of all, welcome. Second of all, I strongly recommend after this episode, you go back and listen to some of our previous guests. They are all phenomenal. This is an especially exciting episode for me. Susanna Rath, the founder of Cleo and Coco, was a client of mine. She came to me in 2019, coming off an amazing rebrand with a gorgeous design house. This is a brand, if you know Clean Beauty or Green Beauty, you would definitely recognize Susanna's products. And the formulation for clean deodorant is something that is really quite buzzworthy. You often see with clean deodorant people making the sacrifice for ingredients with the product not really being able to work. Um, that is the opposite of Cleon Coco. This is a fantastic product. And Susanna herself has this very expansive career. She's worked in branding. She's worked in startups. She's also just a great speaker, really interesting to listen to. And when she came to the agency originally, she had these really, really realistic goals and a really clear vision for the brand. And that's just every marketer's dream. And I think you can see so much of that in what she's developed here. And she's here to talk about the beauty industry's other hideous problem, packaging. So we're gonna talk a lot about sustainability and Suzanne herself, I'd encourage you to follow her on Instagram and congratulate her. She's now available in Target, Goop, Beauty Heroes Thrive, and uh, she's sold out on QVC. Let's jump right in. I wanna start off and I wanna congratulate you. I saw you in Target, Goop, Beauty Heroes, Thrive. I cannot think of 
someone who's amounted more success in the last couple of years than you. And I know what a hard worker you are um, and how much you really contribute to the brand on a daily basis and that you're also a mom. So I know that that's tough. It's not the easiest thing, but, but tell me, tell me about the last two years. Hi, Izzy. First, thank you so much for inviting me to be on this incredible podcast. It's so nice to hear from somebody else's perspective. We've known each other really since the very beginning, um, because from a founder's perspective, it's never enough. It's never enough. But it's nice to look back from two years ago and, and see really how much we have accomplished and how far we've come. I'm, I'm shocked. I, not because... I didn't see it coming. I definitely did for you. I think one of your greatest qualities as an entrepreneur is your, your patience for timing because the brand has been around as five or six years now. How, how old is Leon Coco at this point? So it's such a good question. So I always say that we're really officially two years old because I don't think we were a brand until we really had our branding in place. And that launched exactly two years ago, February of 2020 launched along with COVID. Um, but a good two or three years before that, I was building the business and the brand. I was learning about the market, making connections, finding suppliers, finding the network, really learning the category and how to really build um, a really high quality product and, and, and really strategize and figure out what was going, what the market really needed, what, cons what consumers really wanted and how to make that perfect, you know, provide that perfect fit. So, so I spent a good two, three years that I call it my, our soft launch, really digging in and researching and then um, culminated with our official launch and our gorgeous packaging and branding two years ago. And the, the brand is beautiful. It's such an iconic look and really the first brand, not just in clean beauty, I would say in personal care in general, who made deodorant luxury. And that is something you never think about. Deodorant for a lot of people is just a sweat proof. I'm going to go to the gym. I better put this on, do my daily thing. Um, and it, it really skyrocketed in COVID times, right? Deodorants become a huge category. Um, and I, I don't want to be remiss or, or over credit you, but I think you're a huge part of that. I mean, I read your article on beauty independent. Everybody here knows that I work at beauty independent. Um, and you really are. When you think clean deodorant, you think of your brand. Do you feel Thank like you. that's our goal? That is our goal is, is really to shift the entire category and revolutionize this category. Exactly what you say. That was my thesis all along was five years ago. I, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with the products that were on the market. I didn't want to put chemicals under my arms. Um, I didn't like the texture being a scent person. I, um, didn't like the sense that were out there. And I really, I, I do come from a strategy and marketing background. So I really just started to take a look at um, deodorant strategically. And I said, you know, there's plenty of people like me who probably, you know, we used to, I used to say eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'd go to the drugstore and say, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, which one is going, to, which one should I use and hope it works and not think about the purchase. And I, um, not really much brand loyalty. And when I started creating something for my own personal use and had kind of the core of my formula, it was such a beautiful experience. It was, I couldn't wait to put it on. I couldn't wait to get out of the shower and put on this deodorant, to smell it, the texture. And that was kind of my aha moment where I said, well, everybody should have this experience because when you think about it, we start using deodorant at 11 years old, 12 years old, and we use it our entire life every single day, yeah. putting it on the most personal areas of our body, especially as women, right by your breast glands. You know, it's, yeah. it's something that we, really should be thinking about and not just eeny, meeny, miny, mowing, picking off, you know, randomly picking off a drugstore shelf. It's something 
that we should think about, care about, and it should be of quality, healthy, safe ingredients, but it should also be a beautiful experience. It's how you start your day. And sometimes it's how you end your day. If you have a nice relaxing bath and put on your deodorant. And that was my goal for, for Clio and Coco and our personal care products was that these are really thoughtfully crafted, thoughtfully created products, because that's what we should be putting on our bodies every day for our entire lifespan. Cleon Coco deodorant is the first deodorant I ever probably featured in a shelfie on Instagram. I feel like that's a product you'd always take out if you were going to post something in your bathroom or anything like that. And it's the first one that really fits with everything else. Like it looks good next to Tata Harper. It looks good next to nature of things. It's, it's gorgeous, but you did touch on your background. And this is so interesting because, you know, Susanna and I know each other professionally, but also I was at this point in my career where I was maybe I had tunnel vision or something like I, one of the main reasons I left is I wasn't connecting as much with people as I had in the past. And I kind of felt like the agency had gone to a specific direction where it was all about money and all about work. And so I actually don't know a lot about your background. I would say you're one of the people that I know and have known for years, but I actually don't know a ton about who you were before Cleo and Coco. And I know professionally you've accomplished a lot, but tell me, tell me where your background really, how deep it goes. (laughs) It goes pretty deep. I'm not, I've, I've had a few career changes. I have a master's in business. I, I went, I, I actually went to university in Montreal. I graduated from McGill University and then I did a master's in business. I moved to New York and I worked for a startup that went public in the late 1990s during the big first bubble. where We actually had the first voiceover IP product out there and um, really? it was Yes. I mean, it's so wow. fun today. You know, everything is voiceover IP. But back then we were downloading, we had the, we downloaded the software onto your computer and were able to make a phone call from your computer. Imagine that. <laughs> it was like, wow. it was, it was, you know, became a multi-billion dollar company, was bought by, went public, was bought by AT&T because this was the foundational technology for voiceover IP. So I was very, very fortunate that I kind of moved to New York and I was like higher number 10 in this tech startup and you know quick bubble i mean within three four years public and and then and i had i had burnt out i was product manager you know had really owned and created and helped develop that product it was it was tremendous amount of fun and such a ride and so i just took some some time to myself i was already about 30 and i took some time off and i went back to school i i love school i was actually in a phd program and decided to move to New York and, <laughs> and and left the program. But then I decided after I left this tech company, I took some time off and I went back and I did a master's in social work and I started doing teaching and consulting on the side. I think, I think like lots of entrepreneurs and founders and probably like yourself, it's hard to just sit still and not do much. I taught for University of Phoenix online, which was the first online university. And it was probably like their second year in operation when I got hired and I was teaching these online college courses remotely. I was traveling overseas and I, you know, was teaching online and doing my thing and way before this was the norm. So yes, I do have a varied background. And then, so I was, I've been teaching and doing consulting, um, never really used my MSW except for raising my family at the same time I got married and I had back-to-back four beautiful children. And that was kind of while I was pregnant and nursing and raising my children and doing consulting. That's kind of when my whole personal clean movement personally took place. I started, I, everybody's pregnancy can be different, but I had really hard pregnancies. And so I had to really get control of my health 
and I really learned about ingredients and, and reading all ingredients and what I was putting into my body. And I always say that, you know, the next step in reading ingredients and learning about what you're putting into your body is learning about what you're putting onto your body and reading ingredients on beauty products and personal care products. And that's kind of um, when I started to recognize that personal care really, really needed a makeover, that the products that we took for granted and didn't pay attention to really could have a very big impact on our health and on how we feel and on our lives. We really needed to clean it up and clean it up in an authentic way. I think, you know, by the time I launched Cleo and Coco, I was already in my 40s. I think I wasn't interested in just, you know, launching a a, a, a brand and making a big splash. I just really wanted to, you know, the social worker in me, um, make a real difference in people's health in shifting a category and no more of these like mass, mass conglomerates that are putting dangerous chemicals into our bodies just to make money. You know, this is, and, and this is the shift that we're kind of seeing as a culture and generationally is, you know, we're so much more aware of the environment, so much more aware of healthy eating. I look at, you know, the, the young interns in their 20s who, you know, who work with us and help us with, you know, all of our marketing and our social media, the lives that they lead, that you lead today, you know, Pilates and yoga and green smoothies and matchas. It's just so incredible. That's such an interesting point. First of all, I knew you had a varied background. I had no idea how much it all comes together, even though you say it's like kind of scattered doing different things. You're very well-spoken. So you can totally see the teaching part of your career. You're, you have an incredible hardworking mentality. I do totally agree with you. The lives we're living now, you know, Susanna is one of the, uh, OGs from when we used to call it green beauty as well. So she, she remembers what it was like when we had to peddle the idea that regular products aren't healthy for you. These are better ingredients, you know, that whole spiel that actually we don't have to try as hard to do now. People are a lot more aware of what they're putting on their bodies and, and the effects of, of, you know, toxic chemicals and things like that. And it's much easier to get younger people into the idea. Now it's not just like, Oh, I want to use, you know, Ariana Grande's makeup line. A lot of, you know, regular, normal millennials, Gen Z are very aware of the idea of clean beauty and clean products. And I think you took it even a step further. When we first started working together, you were working on your zero waste deodorant. And this was so exciting because it's just a second time that Susanna was pioneering something that became really huge. She was ahead of the curve again. I want to hear about zero waste. How is zero waste doing? What did it become? What is the category looking like? What is the role that your brand's playing in the category? Are people adapting to the idea? Well, I hear about it all the time. People talk about zero waste constantly now. Such a great question. So, um, you know, it's, it's such a great question and it's, it's really, really such a tough, it's a tough one for, I think, an indie beauty brand. I think there's a lot of expectations and demands on indie brands that you wouldn't realize. So, you know, we're clean, but people will also expect us to be zero waste and plastic free. And, and, and those are our values. We, we definitely, you know, embrace those and want to champion those. But um, we do not have the budget of a Procter and Gamble yeah. or you know some of these you know big multi multi you know million dollar brands. So sourcing and marketing and educating are very very expensive. So it's a very very interesting dilemma of how to you know how to you know be true to your brand values 
and, and where you would like to see the category going and still to be really being able to afford to do it. So yes, we definitely are ahead of the curve. Just like five years ago, I said, everybody's gonna want clean and aluminum free deodorant. And today everybody knows about aluminum free deodorant and has tried some and wants some. Um, and if they don't know, didn't know about it yesterday, they know about it today. And now they're gonna tell all their friends about it tomorrow. It's just a matter of time. And this whole cat and this, this incredible category shift is taking place. And the same thing is now happening. I think we're at the very beginning of this curve for um, zero waste. I, I think that we're still figuring out and defining what zero waste or, you know, really means. Is it plastic free? Is it paperboard? Is it, uh, you know, is it um, completely without any packaging? Is it turning things into solid? Is it turning things into powders that you add water to? You know, there's so many different creative ways to go about it. And as a deodorant brand and personal care brand, I have a very interesting challenge because we have a, any kind of new packaging will add to our cost and we already, deodorant is still a very low price point. As much as I always say, you'll, people will pay $30, $40 for a lipstick, which is one-tenth, one-twentieth of the size of a deodorant, but people will not pay $30 for a deodorant, even if our ingredients are so much better and so much more. So we really have to keep that in mind that we have to make a product that people are going to buy. Um, so that is definitely a challenge that I face as an entrepreneur, but um, I think like most founders and hard workers is, you know, every, we, you hit a brick wall and you just, you push through. And if you don't get it done, you don't have a business. You're just going to get it done. So we're still working. So I think I've had a few years. So we launched our zero waste deodorant bars, which was, which I mean, I still love today. And we definitely have our um, customers who really love them because they're really committed to zero waste and just love it. So it's our exact same formula, but instead of plastic, it's like a soap bar, but it's in a rectangle shape. And what we do is we hand dip it in wax so that you're not holding on to the actual deodorant and making your fingers dirty. The wax is, is like a case for it. And then the wax gets absorbed into the product. It's an ingredient that's already in the product. So it can be absorbed into your body, onto your body, into the product. And you just apply it by your hand. And our first iteration, we had it in a, this beautiful um, paperboard box. And that was actually very expensive to produce. So we, we minimized it. And our second iteration is what we have today is it's wrapped in compostable wax. And then it's in a very small FSC certified box. So it really is, you know, every step of the way, very authentically zero waste. In the last two years, since we launched our zero waste bars, I'm really studying and, you know, the category in the market and, and finding new suppliers and discussing it and learning about, you know, what is really the most sustainable packaging. And the jury is really still out on whether paper is the most sustainable. I know from an application, um, the push-up paper tubes, which a lot of deodorants are switching to, they are not, they don't work so as well as the plastic tubes. And there's, you know, there's different research about um, how sustainable paper really is, even if it's compostable, and that maybe PCR plastic or aluminum are much more sustainable. So, you know, we do hope to start to introduce in the next year refillables. You know, it took me a little while to really be comfortable. I really had to study it, the whole concept of refillable, because I think initially I felt like it was just more plastic instead of less, because now you have a plastic outer container and you have a plastic inner container. But in the last couple of years, we've actually had so much progress in that whole um, how these refillables can work that they really can be, you know, if it's PCR plastic and it's so much less plastic there really are more sustainable alternatives. And we don't wanna ever compromise um, the user experience because it's still a product that you 
you don't want it to be messy. You know, you don't want to get your deodorant all over your counter, all over your fingers. It, it still has to be a, a beautiful application. And that's probably the ultimate challenge of creating more sustainable products is keeping the, the, the beauty and the experience while using more sustainable resources. You're so right, Susanna, when you talk about what is sustainability, what's better, what's worse, because there's really this, this step in between that a lot of people forget that brands like yours and other clean beauty brands have been pioneering for a while. That's not as intricate and advanced as zero waste, but it's this idea that a product that is pure lasts longer, right? I've had one of your deodorants for over a year, which is a long time. I wear deodorant all the time. I go to the gym. So there's always steps in between that are important with, with zero waste. I think there's always like a economical or environmental hype that comes before it. Right. And this is that there's problems in the ocean. There's a lot of plastic in the ocean. I know from your site, I know from the article in Forbes, there's more than 120 billion units globally produced by the beauty industry alone of plastic in the ocean, um, which, you know, harms the coral reef and it contributes to the loss of oxygen. Just in case you guys didn't know, 60% of the world's oxygen comes from the coral reef. And so with, when you have fast moving industries like fashion, oil, and beauty, there's an incredible amount of waste. So just supporting brands that are pure with pure products and pure ingredients, and they take out all those fillers, the products themselves last longer, right? It's not 80% water. You touched on such an excellent point. And I, I always take that for granted is that we're, we are building such an authentic product and, and it is more expensive to produce probably much, much more expensive because we don't use any, what we call filler. We don't have water. We don't have like any, any ingredient that is not necessary because the most mass produced products and especially from the big conglomerates, their goal is to make them as inexpensive as, po as possible. So there will be a lot of water and the active ingredients, which are the most expensive part of, of producing a product are very small percentage. And the cheap ingredients like water, which then introduces the need for preservatives are much cheaper to produce. So they're the largest part of a product, which means that you have to use a lot more for it to be effective. It doesn't last as long. It's obviously not as, as good for you. And that is definitely one of the ethos of Clio and Coco is we are using no filler, just pure active ingredients. So it will last you a really long time and it's, it's of really, really high quality. And, and so it does, it costs us more to make it. And that's translated a little bit to the consumer, but not really if you look at how many uses you're getting out of it. It's lasting you six months or a year compared to three months. You really are still getting really, really good bang for your buck. I love that you brought up ethos. We, we both come from a, a marketing background, but also with your brand. And one of the things that attracted it to me initially is when you're dealing with, you know, ethos, value proposition, all those things, they're all rooted in psychology, right? So a lot of the most effective value proposition use human desire. They use emotions like pleasure, they give you power or they provide meaning and a brand like yours. And I don't know how you did this. I think, I think it's amazing. I know it sounds like I'm just being like overly dramatic, but I think this is amazing. You do all three right? You talk about the sensory part of the product. You talk about wanting to feel better and use something that makes you feel great. And then you talk about the impact that clean products have on the body and the environment. How did you come up with that? Is it, was it purposeful that it was going to be all the things or they trickled in a, okay, I, I want to do the sensory thing, but I also want people to care. Was it intentional or did it just roll out that way? So it was, it was intentional in design, but it, I needed a good marketing team to be able to articulate it to the customer. <laughs> If that, does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. That was um, very, very intentional. 
again, I have I, I, my, you know, my degree is in marketing. And so I'm, it's like so ingrained in me how to differentiate a product and all of the elements of marketing and, and, and what's important and how, to, you know, but again, like it was really such a, it was so much a part of that initial experience when I was just mixing essential oils for myself and putting it on my body. It was such a beautiful experience of the scent. So essential oils are a world of their own. They lift your mood. They're, they're healthy, they're therapeutic and, and they smell amazing, especially if you know how to really use them and combine them. And if you have that, so, you know, a lot of people have like a gift with art and colors and style. My gift is with scents. I can, like, I just know how to make something smell really good. I used, that's, I used to mix my own perfumes and I'm just a scent person. So really, I never knew that about you. (laughs) Are you somebody who like, if you are going to use a product, not just yours, the scent really matters to you. Like you will not use it if you don't like the way it smells. Absolutely. Uh, there's no question. I mean, I'll use a product because of the scent, but for the last 10 years, I've stopped using any synthetic fragrance or perfume and, you know, really reading my ingredients. And, and so to still smell good without any synthetics always been my goal and my challenge. And that's the challenge and, and the goal still with Clio and Coco is, I mean, our products smell incredible and you can smell the difference of when you smell a Clio and Coco product compared to a product that is made with synthetic fragrance. And especially if you go off of synthetic fragrance, it's like going off of sugar. You notice synthetic immediately. It'll catch in your chest. You'll, you won't like it. So, you know, we can do a synthetic fragrance detox <laughs> and it, it's just so much cleaner and, and better. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's data and research that synthetic fragrance are hormone disruptors. And, and when I had babies, I, you know, I read that baby recognizes the mother's scent and, and if you put perfume on, you're masking your own scent that the baby is really needs and is drawn to. But not just that, I couldn't imagine having a baby, you know, leaning his head against my neck and inhaling the chemicals in, in the perfume. Well, and especially because the scent of your baby, it's so euphoric. My, I'm mm-hmm. sure it lasts so long. My son still has the smell. I was telling my mother this morning, I was like, you know, they could gouge my eyes out and I could smell all the babies in the world. And I would know which baby is my baby. Like mm-hmm. it's such a, it, it triggers so <laughs> much emotion, you know, like that's the smell of something you remember, you know, even with Jeff pets. I have, I, I, was, I don't have pets, but I'm thinking when I walk in, I have two little girls and when I walk into their bedroom and the yes. just, oh, that sweet scent. It really is. It's so energizing and familiar. When my son, I, we have, you know, my partner and I are separated. So we have shared custody. And so when cash isn't here, there's so many times I walk in his room just to smell the way that he smells. I, it's crazy what it, what it does. It's like the happiest feeling. Scent is so, 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 so powerful and it should really be clean and therapeutic. So, so scent was obviously this huge experience, but I also noticed that um, the deodorants, they were dry and like cardboard or they were wet and sticky. And I said, no, we're going to, and we're going to make a perfect consistency. We're going to make that I didn't, that texture perfect. And, you know, I'm very customer service focused. My, my master's thesis was on continuous quality improvement. So that's a big part of our ethos is continuously improving and listening to the customer and the customer is always right. So I, you know, I know customers are probably pickiest about deodorant for some, I don't know, actually don't know why, (laughs) but they are, or maybe it's just because I hear. So, so if the product is too dry or too sticky, I know about it. I hear about it and it has, and it's, and we're continuously improving that texture and finding like, again, we're using ingredients when, you know, I have my manufacturer tell me all the time, well, if you would use ingredients X, we could get that, that texture a little bit better for you. And I said, no, I don't, I can't use ingredient X. I will never use ingredient X. Let's dig deeper. Let's, let's just 
change the percentages of the ingredients that we want to use until we can get to that perfect consistency. And so I know that that was really important. And then I really felt that the packaging should really reflect the quality of the ingredients inside. And I really wanted the packaging to be like a selfie. You should be really proud that you're choosing a clean deodorant for your body and, and for your family members, you know, because people are buying it for their, their loved ones, their children, their spouses, their, you know, their partners. It's actually, if you think about like, when did you get your first deodorant? A lot of the times it was like your mother who bought it for you when you like hit puberty. Um, so this should be a stocking stuffer, stuffer. This is not an insulting gift. This is a beautiful gift. It smells incredible. It's like giving somebody perfume. That was really my, our, our vision and our goal. And that's really what deodorant and personal care should be. You don't need perfume. You've got your personal care that is as beautiful and elegant and self-worthy and smells as good and feels as good and lifts your mood. And the packaging, oh, we've talked about it so much and it, it really is so good. And obviously there's a lot of marketing thought behind that, as Susanna mentioned, but this was the first time I think a clean deodorant brand took it a step further. Like back when I started working in clean beauty and I'm probably you, Susanna as well, it was okay. Well, it doesn't really matter if it works because it doesn't have aluminum. It's not bad for you. So that's, that's the value proposition, right? We don't really care if it works or not because you're not giving yourself cancer basically and not to be a downer, but this was the first time where I worked on a deodorant product where the testimonials were overwhelming. When Susanna's talking about how much she cares about the feedback loop and, and what people say about the brand. So many people were like, I can't believe that aluminum free deodorant works this well. And so in a trifecta sense, it was a marketer's dream, right? People love the product. It looks good and it gives people meaning, but it really is a product that also works. The formulation is such, it's not a second tier piece of how good the, the brand is. It really is the top level. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I still use it. I love it, but once things change a little bit more with clean beauty, I know deodorant is still often like the last thing people think of um, when they think about products. Sometimes the first now that we know more about aluminum free, but I think this is going to be a great first step for a lot of people stepping into a cleaner lifestyle, which is, it's very moving. I mean, you get to be the beginning of someone's journey to a healthier life. I mean, doesn't that just feel amazing? It really does. Yes. Thank you, you for all the compliments and for really seeing our brand for, for really what we're trying to accomplish. But yes, it really is nice to be able to educate um, consumers on healthy, better for your body products and to, and to be able to offer it and, and produce it and, and play a part in a healthier lifestyle. And it, it really is an honor. And it's, it, it's what keeps me going. <laughs> it's what keeps us going. When somebody, you know, when somebody doesn't know about natural deodorants or uses a synthetic you know, or an aluminum, you know, I had somebody was driving me and he was telling me how, oh, I use this, you know, XYZ, the typical drugstore aerosol. And it, doesn't oh, leave a, no. it doesn't leave a white stain and I'm about to faint. I'm like, don't you know already? Did you just see the recent research? There was just a, I mean, there was just a whole bunch of research that these aerosols were just pulled from the market because of the incredibly dangerous chemicals in them and you can't use that aerosol, not just, not just the aluminum. There is so much else. It's a red flag, isn't it? Like if someone's spraying their deodorant on, <laughs> that is a major red flag for me. Just inhaling it, inhaling it because it's going into the air. And now we know the aerosols and the chemicals and no, we, we, we just know better. It's kind of like, you know, you know, people, I won't, you know, no MSG in my, pro in my food, <laughs> please. And 
um, you know, the, and that's something that I think my, my mother always ordered everything with no MSG. So I grew up with that kind of concept, but today it's, you know, that's no, you know, no, no processed foods and eating more organic and eating more greens. And so this is just like, everybody needs to know and, and, you know, stop using these products. And there's some that are just like huge no's. I mean, what about the talc in baby powder? So I have, we have a baby powder product. We have a body powder product. And it was, I grew up wearing baby powder. I don't, I don't need to say the brand name. Everybody knows the brand yeah. name, but I mean, we know about these lawsuits and the talc found in it leading to the asbestos and, and, and cancer. And what was I using when they pulled the talc off the market? I was using their cornstarch substitute. So when I actually started formulating um, Cleo and Coco deodorant and I was still using this cornstarch, I took a look and I said, oh my gosh, this is a product that like we need to reformulate. First of all, I can add my essential oils and make it smell so much better. But then I, you know, I just, the, our powder is really a form of our deodorant without the oils it's, it's the same ingredient, the same odor absorbing, wetness absorbing ingredients, vegetable powders, essential oils, activated charcoal, bentonite clay, these clays that detox and absorb wetness and moisture. And, and so, so I launched together with our deodorant, our body powder as a substitute, as a, you know, a clean alternative, much higher functioning alternative, not just clean, but it works so much better. And it's such a much more beautiful experience because of the scent. Um, with charcoal that detoxes you automatically. So that was our, our body powder because like anybody who uses talc today, I know our grandmothers and our great grandmothers used it all. You know, that was, you know, that was part of their personal care experiences to put powder, scented powder all over your body. And unfortunately the talc and the chemicals in it is not, is really not good for us. So this is our modern day, clean, healthy alternative to that beautiful personal care experience of putting a powder on your body that softens and keeps you dry and makes you smell really good. And just to add to that, I had customers who would say, you know, I'm using your, your body powder as a dry shampoo. It's the best dry shampoo Which I love. I've ever it's used. Such a good use for it. <laughs> so traditional marketing, I would have taken the same ingredients, made a new package and had two products, the body powder <laughs> and a dry shampoo. That is so um, good, Susanna. And it's so true. And I, I actually opted to do the opposite. As you see, it's a dry shampoo body powder because that's really just much more authentic, you know, and, and who needs to buy two products when one product, when it's really the exact same product. No, and it goes back to the the central theme of there are very minute ways to live more sustainably without, you know, composting in your kitchen or whatever, like multi-use products are great. You buy one thing, then you throw away one thing and you use it for a bunch of things. You don't have 17, you don't have a dry shampoo, you don't have this, like 15 things on your counter. It's so smart. It's really smart. And I never even thought of it that way, Susan. That's, that's why I had to step away from marketing right there. I was losing so much sight. It really is like you would take the same ingredients, you put them in a new bottle and you'd sell to everybody as something else at a higher price. <laughs> that is so good. Well, so just to, because I want to wrap up and, and talk a little bit about a couple things in the industry before we go and and like I was saying, Susanna is kind of a staple in the clean beauty industry. I want to know, Susanna, first of all, one of the reasons I, I chose you to come on here and I appreciate you taking the time. I know how busy you are is I've worked with so many people in this industry and you're truly one of the people I feel is very authentic, um, very much who you present on social media and how your brand presents is very much who you are as a person, which is not the case with everybody. I mean, that's just the truth about, about branding and not for you. Who are some other entrepreneurs, other people in the industry that you really respect um, or know personally and support their brand? What an excellent, excellent question. What a great question. There are so many. I just met a wonderful, she's not in the beauty industry, but a founder for a brand called Seed and Mill. She has a Tahini and Halva 
line of products and she has probably the only tahina ice cream i got to taste it last week she's in chelsea market but she also has a beautiful direct-to-consumer business called seed and mill so in my health journey i learned that sunflower seeds are incredibly healthy i don't think there's a more nutritiously dense product than sesame seeds and i was taught to put tahina on everything and i became really addicted to tahina and it is, it's so versatile and it's so delicious and it's so nutrient dense. So when I, I, a friend of mine sent me a gift package of seed and milk galvas and I just, I looked at this branding and, and I just thought, oh my gosh, this is so brilliant. She is, this is the most, because like we, we haven't even begun to tap into the tahina and sesame seed butter. You can't, you know, their nut butters are becoming very big, but this is really something. So I think she's, I think she's a brilliant, beautiful founder. She's one person who I just met, but there are so many more. I love Axiology. You're familiar with that brand. Yes. Yes. So um, wonderful, authentic, incredibly creative, authentic founder. And we actually got the inspiration to wrap our deodorant bars in the compostable wrapping from Axiology because she wraps her little zero waste plastic free lipsticks, her, her little lip, what are they called? Her um, the crayons, right? Her yes, yes. The crayons. Her lip to lip balmies are also wrapped in the in the compostable wrapping. So that's she's another really incredible brand. There are so many. That's great. I I love Axiology. I worked with one of the branders who helped work on those crayons once, um, and she was a really interesting um, and just in the best way, eccentric person. And I had a huge amount of respect for her as a creative, but the brand is beautiful. I, I agree with you. It's such a, it, and it's become quite iconic. I think most, most clean beauty retailers now carry axiology as well. What's on your beauty shelf, any new brands, old brands, OG brands are always the best. I have a special love for, for all the original, you know, the Tata Harpers and the Kira Weisses. I will always have a, a special love for them. So what's on my beauty shelf? So everything, because I buy and test a lot of product. I am also incredibly picky. I hardly, the, the, what I use on my face, interestingly, are pure oils. Right now I'm really, really into marula oil. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I just, I put that all over my face. As soon as I wake up in the morning, I brush my teeth and I put that marula oil on and I put it on again at night and I use it to remove my makeup. And I'm really just loving this marula oil. Um, Before that I was using Tamanu oil. Oh yes. Great. Antibacterial. And just, just incredible, like an overnight, you know, skin softener. Um, so I'm really into pure oils and I do keep thinking about that. I really want to start launching these oils and just single use oils are just so incredible. And sometimes I'll blend them myself. And, um, but you know, I just go from one to the next. I, I buy, I do buy, I try the vitamin C's and I just, I don't know, they're not working for me. I just really, all of these natural oils are so rich in all of these vitamins and minerals that, that's definitely my go-to. I'll try a new, a new face cream. That's all the rage and all the buzz. And I'll read the ingredients and I'll say, "Mm, not as clean as, as, as as they're saying, some of them are, and then they're just not as functional for me as, you know, using sometimes pure, the the, the more pure oils. Oh, magnesium. Magnesium is huge right now. We, so we've already always put magnesium in our deodorants because um, bentonite clay is a natural source of magnesium. And we also infuse it with more magnesium. But I'm loving magnesium on my body. So I'll mix the magnesium into my into the oils that I put on my body. So that's oh, I love that, Susanna. That is such a great beauty hack. Yes. And it's just it's a muscle. It helps your sore muscles and it's a nutrient that's absorbed through the skin. 
and it calms you. I mean, I'll, magnesium helps you stay calm in the morning. Like if you, if anybody just keeps you calm, it's, it's like, it's, it's like a CBD, but not as intense. So that's really, I personally have not seen any, have not found CBD on my skin to make a difference for me. I do love the CBD drops. <laughs> that definitely yes. makes a difference. CBD, you know, when we talk about ingredients, like you're now there, CBD is the hardest, right? Because it's, it's not monitored well enough. You need to find places that do a lot of third-party testing. They have to do, uh, you know, a lot of transparency reporting. I've been lately really into nature of things. Uh, it's a newer brand, but I, I know the formulator who worked on the CBD, but I agree with you when you're dealing with CBD, that's, you know, transdermally absorbed, it's significantly less effective than CBD you take internally. Right. And so I totally agree with you, but there's a couple products that I just, I love this brand. I mean, if you get a chance to check it out, the packaging I is definitely will. It's such a cool product. And you're, I mean, I think you hit on a key point. So it's, it has to be um, the right quality um, CBD and it has to be for a specific purpose. When CBT first became big, I had somebody from Oprah's team I met at a show and they said, if you put CBD in your deodorant, we'll write about it. And I looked into it. I said, oh my gosh, I can send CBD deodorant to get an Oprah. And there were just no benefits for putting it into deodorant other than marketing. You're so right. It's just like the CBD <laughs> that you can get at Circle K, right? It's like, we have CBD. I'm like, what? <laughs> you can put some drops under your arm if you think it's going to help. But I couldn't, like, I couldn't authentically add it to my deodorant. I mean, hemp seed oil is a great oil, but we're, you know, the real CBD was, you know, it, it has to be again. So I think CBD is very good for acne and for some other, um, I think, skin conditions that, for me personally, I, I'm not dealing with. And I, and I think uh, we talked about it in an episode, two episodes before you, we talked a little bit about CBD. Uh, it was a core, it was a core revenue driver for my company because at the time CBD, like you're saying, it blew up. Like everybody wanted to produce something that was CBD and no one wanted to market it because the legalities were a disaster. It was so hard. <laughs> so it was like a cash cow business for marketers for sure. And I agree with you. I think not to crap on CBD in the very least 80% of it was marketing hype. Um, and then a lot of the really, really solid brands with solid ingredients and solid formulas, they didn't have the money behind them to be marketed very well. Um, so they just aren't that well known still. Right. That is, that is definitely the indie problem. That's yeah. exactly, that's exactly it. But I really see this shift taking place. Consumers are so much more educated. They're demanding so much more, which means that the indie brands who are really authentic and, and first of all, you can tell the quality immediately if you're paying attention. So if we actually can get our brands in a consumer's hand, they right away can appreciate it and tell the difference if they're looking for that. Um, and consumers are really starting to, we're down on the big conglomerates who are not as authentic and are not putting as high quality as CBD, but there's no really, you know, no CBD in the, in the product. But yes, but I, you know, when CBD became big, I kept saying, but I have a product that I'm, I really hope to be able to launch in the next year or two. I'm, really big on essential oils always have been they are just have they're antibacterial and 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 anti-inflammation and i have a, a a mix of essential oils it's like 10 or 12 different essential oils it smells incredible and if you you know hurt your back or you know it have you know any kind of muscle sore my my girls now do gymnastics and one of them comes home she's pretty sore and you just like i rub this essential oil blend on a sore muscle, if, you're, if my husband's back goes out, I, I put this all over his back and it, it takes out the, down the inflammation and it just, it, it just somehow it's like this miracle oil and it works because essential oils are just so powerful. And I would say like, we don't, 
I mean, it's an alternative to CBD. It would be interesting if I added CBD to it, but it's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole, whole to, like, it's not something that I think we're going to, the direction we want to take it, but adding magnesium to these oils, I can see has a lot of benefits. And that is, you know, I'm giving kind of inside scoop of a product that we hope to launch in the future is really product that's really not on the market. And that really does fill a need and really, really pure and clean. Um, I'm big on essential oils and magnesium for all types of healing for your body. I love that, Susanna. That's beautiful. And I think one of the ways that we can build better beauty and, and a more environmentally positive industry is when we produce products, they really do fill a white space, right? There's nothing like it. Mm -hmm. We're not ripping off somebody else. We're creating something that'll genuinely make lives better. Um, and then there's nothing like it, but speaking of, of consumers and all those things, the final thing is how can my listeners support you and your brand, um, and the future of Cleo and Coco? Well, thank you so much. That's a great question. So we love to hear from you. You can you, know, you can find us at cleoandcoco.com. You can actually find us at target.com. So if you love using that Target Circle app, we are running monthly um, promotions with Target Circle app and we'd love for you to buy us at all of our you know, retailers. We love our retail partners. If you're a member of Thrive, you can find us on Thrive. You can find us at neimamarkets.com. You can find us at Beauty Heroes. Um, you can find us at all the Von Moore stores um, and obviously on Amazon, of course. So you can really find us anywhere, you know, some of the most convenient ways to shop. You can obviously buy directly through cleoandcoco.com and you can follow us on Instagram at cleoandcoconatural. We'd love to hear from you. We would also love to hear, you know, as we're building more sustainable, that whole, our whole packaging, I would love to hear from consumers, like what form of packaging, refillable, paperboard, zero, um, completely zero waste, like our current bars, what customers are interested in, what scents you want, what new products you'd love to see from us. So talk to us. We'd love to hear from you and we love your support. Thank you so much. <laughs> Beautiful, Susanna. Thank you so much for being here. Everyone just remember new episodes every Tuesday. Please follow Susanna. Her brand is beautiful. You should definitely check out her website. See you guys really soon.